teacher friend, welcome to another episode of Simply Teach, a podcast for teachers and by teachers. I'm your host, Kelly Jackson. I'm a former teacher turned classroom organization and management coach. My passion is to help teachers just like you organize, manage, just love their classrooms. Each episode is full of simple ways to engage your students, stay motivated, and keep up with best practices. Because y'all, I know teaching is hard, but I am so glad that you're here. Hey, teacher friends, welcome to episode number 35. Today, I'm chatting with Kaylee and Josian from Educom and the Balanced Educators podcast. If you've been in the classroom for any length of time, you know how important it is that we teach our kids more than just curriculum. With all of the crazy stuff that's happening in our world right now, it's so important that we teach our students how to deal with stress, with disappointment, with frustration, all those things, which is why I invited the ladies on from the Balanced Educator podcast. Today, we're going to talk about mindfulness as a teacher and in the classroom. But no worries, if you aren't exactly sure what that is, they're going to let us know. We also talk about ways to implement life balance as a teacher and how we can teach the same mindfulness and calming practices to our kids. But have no fear, if all of this seems overwhelming to you, Kaylee and Josiane will fix that for you. They'll tell us about the programs that they've created to allow you to literally read or watch from each day with your kids and then practice mindfulness. I don't know about you, but one less thing to brainstorm, create, or plan is a win for me. Here is my conversation with Kaylee and Josian. And just a heads up, we had some technical difficulties, so the audio is a bit splotchy, but you should be able to understand what we're talking about pretty easily. Hi, ladies. Welcome to the Simply Teach podcast. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to chatting with y'all. Um, I guess I found y'all through Instagram. I can't really even remember how and started listening to your podcast and have been following y'all. And so I'm really looking forward uh, to chatting with y'all today. So will you each introduce yourselves um, and give us a little bit of background info on each of y'all's teaching experience? All right, I'll start. Um, my name's Kaylee Lefko, and I started out teaching sciences in high school and then got the opportunity to teach uh, math and science in middle school. Um, didn't think that I would like it, ended up really enjoying it. Um, so I stuck in middle school for a little bit, and then now I'm currently teaching grade five French immersion. So I'm teaching all the subjects, which is kind of new to me, um, and elementary school is brand new to me. So this has been a year of lots of learning. <laughs> but you started out in high school. I did. Yes. Yeah. I was teaching um, grades nine to 12, all science subjects. So science, um, psychology, biology. Um, and yeah, it was, I really enjoyed it. I absolutely love teaching science. That's my main passion. And that's what got me into wanting to be a teacher was because I wanted to share my love for science. Um, but then, you know, life guides you into directions that you weren't you didn't expect to go and it always ends up being for the better. So, um, I'm really happy with where life has led me. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like you have to be very smart in order to teach high school sciences. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love, I'm a huge nerd. I love it. So it's uh, a lot of fun for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And just And yeah, I started out, actually, I did my practicums in high school as well, but I was offered a job in grade four, which I didn't know if I would like, but I chose to go with it. And actually, like I, from the start, loved elementary. So I did um, grade four and um, split class four or five for um, four years and then took a year off to 
kind of build up our business. And now I'm back in the classroom teaching a five, six split class. And so grade six is new to me. And I, I'm finding the kids very interesting and I'm getting used to it. They're yeah. so old. <laughs> and all like the raging hormones, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So how do y'all know each other Something then? get used to. Um, we went to university together. Um, okay. We did our education degree together. So where we're from, um, you do a bachelor's degree in like either science or arts, um, and then you do a bachelor's degree in education. So it's like a five-year program or six-year program, depending on how long of your undergrad that you do. Um, so we met when we were in the education program, and we hit it off immediately. Um, we were on the same, we were playing the, yep. on the volleyball team and we ended up like starting to practice yoga together and, um, pretty much just became best friends from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Our, our relationship really started around, um, movement, right? Kaylee? Yeah. Like we were working out together, playing volleyball together, doing yoga together. And then, yeah, we became inseparable. <laughs> so yeah. I guess so fast. y'all haven't ever taught together then, or like taught at the same campus or anything like that. No, we did teach in the same school division for a little okay. while, though. And we did our, as Kaylee was in, you were, I think, teaching grade yeah. eight then, and I was teaching grade four. And we did some activities together, which was pretty oh, cool because cool. our schools were only, I don't know, maybe two blocks away from each other. Yeah. So it kind of gave a cool opportunity for the kids. Yeah, yeah, we did this one project where, um, because the science curriculums align uh, really well for those two grades, like they're learning the same things, just it goes deeper in grade eight. So I had my mm -hmm. grade eight students come up with um, these science experiments that then they showed to Josiane's students in grade four. So it was an awesome way to collaborate in that way. And then we were also always collaborating just in terms of ideas, like talking about what we're doing in our classrooms. Um, and especially when we started implementing mind mindfulness practices in our classrooms, that's when we were constantly talking about like what's working for me, what's working for you and how we can bring more um, of a balance into our classrooms, how we can support our students in ways that aren't just academic, but are helping them in their lives. So yeah, a lot of collaboration and um, bouncing ideas off of each other. So y'all should probably, yeah, and oh, I'm sorry, mean, our, go ahead. Oh. I was just going to say, um, I feel like from the beginning, Kaylee and I's values were so um, aligned. Like for us, social emotional development and mental health is so important in the classroom. And so we were able to learn a lot from each other with, you know, what works and what doesn't. And yeah, it's been, it's been such a journey. <laughs> so will y'all tell people where y'all are from? Because I feel like that might, people don't, well, might not know that where y'all are from. Yeah, so we're from um, Manitoba, Canada. So it's um, in the prairies. So we're right like smack dab in the center of, of Canada. And um, yeah, I'm from, um, we're both from Winnipeg, which is the largest city in Manitoba. Um, but it's still a pretty small city. <laughs> and now yeah. I live in a small town outside of Winnipeg. So I'm about, Josiane and I are about an hour and a half away from each other. Okay. So yeah. And I'm still in Winnipeg. Can I ask a couple of dumb questions? <laughs> Go for it. There's no such okay, thing as a absolutely. dumb question. <laughs> so, to be honest, I didn't know. How do you say Manitoba? Is that what you said? That's correct. Okay. I didn't know where that was. Uh, I thought maybe it was a city, but then I looked on a map and it's, 
So is it like a state in Canada, kind of like how America has states? Yeah. So it's a pr- in Canada, we have provinces and territories. Um, so it's a province, okay. but okay. Uh, that that's like the same idea as a state. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then my other question is, and this is so random, but because I'm from Texas and like near the Austin, San Antonio area, if you're familiar with that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've, but I've never like lived outside of that area. So I've never experienced, um, now that I'm in Germany, the, it gets dark so early here and I've never experienced that. So I'm curious what time it's getting dark right now. Um, Way well, up there. The, right now it's about what? Five thirty. Five thirty, Yeah. But at the, I would say at the, um, shortest, um, day longest night part of the year. So mm-hmm. the days are already starting to get longer now because we've passed the yes. winter solstice. Ours are too. Um, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. Which is nice. It's like, oh, it's all going to get better from here. Yeah, but yeah, our, yeah, in the darkest hours, like it'll start getting dark at 4.30. So basically you don't see daylight. You get to school and it's pretty much dark still. You leave and it's dark. <laughs> okay. So that's pretty similar to where I am here in Germany. I, it was funny cause I texted my husband yesterday at like four 45 and I was like, Oh my gosh, it's still light outside. And it's four 45 because the past couple weeks it's been like four o'clock and the sun is like going down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so, then the upside is in the summertime, like in the longest parts of summer, um, you, it doesn't get dark till 10 30 PM sometimes. Like I'm sure so <laughs> it's really nice. Yeah. A lot of contrast where we live, very cold in the winter, very warm in the summer. It's just so interesting. I've never been out of my little bubble, so I've never, you know, experienced that. But will y'all kind of, you've already mentioned it a little bit, um, but I brought y'all on because y'all are like kind of the gurus in mindfulness and uh, just um, the social emotional learning. So will y'all tell us a little bit about um, y'all's business and what y'all started? So that way the listeners kind of have an idea of what y'all do. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Josiane and I were both teaching in the classroom. And as we explained, we noticed that there was just really a need for more than just teaching the academic. We had to support our students in their social emotional state so that they were their brains were ready to learn. So we had been practicing mindfulness in our own lives and noticed how much it really helped us to be sort of the best version of ourselves. So we started bringing that into the classroom and teaching mindfulness daily with our students. So um, a five-minute practice in the morning, and we just noticed that it made such a difference in our students' lives and their ability to cope with difficult situations. It gave them the tools that they needed to be able to handle, you know, stress for the older kids when they're worried about tests and worried about um, problems within their social groups. And then with the younger kids, you know, the young kids, they have such big emotions. So it was teaching them these tools to deal with their big emotions. So once Josiane and I noticed how much this was making a difference, both in our students' lives and also just in our classroom culture and the just the, the feel of our classroom, it was so much calmer. Um, you know, the days kind of went with more ease. We decided, okay, we can't keep this to ourselves. We want to create something that makes it really easy for other teachers to practice this in their classrooms without having to be trained in mindfulness. So Josiane and I are both certified yoga instructors. 
And we have a, our own personal, very dedicated mindfulness practices. Um, so what we did was we created a program that is all ready for teachers. So it's guided mindfulness practices um, and then curriculum so that you can take what they're learning in the mindfulness practice and bring it into sort of your regular teaching subjects like um social studies or English or where we're, we teach in French as well. So we can bring it into those language courses and really make it a cross-curricular whole child learning experience. So that's Educom. Um, and then we also have a podcast called the Balanced Educator Podcast, um, where we talk about mindfulness in our own lives, how we're implementing it. We bring on awesome guests as well. Um, and it's all to help other teachers feel more calm, balanced, and joyful both in and out of the classroom. How long have y'all been doing this together? So we've been doing this now. We officially launched about a year and a half ago, right, Kaylee? Yes. Yeah. Can't believe it's been that long already. Yeah, it's so well, crazy. <laughs> and we launched Yeah, and we launched Educom Classroom, which is the the program, the ready to use program for classrooms. We launched that last February. So it'll be almost a year in a month or so. Yay, congratulations. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> it's been fun to watch y'all and listen to the podcast and, you know, see on Instagram. Cause I feel like y'all are just like one step ahead of me, uh, with <laughs> like the podcast and creating courses and those kinds of, you know, that's like where I'm headed and y'all are just a little bit ahead of me. And so it's, it's fun to watch y'all. Cause you know, a lot of the podcasts that I listen to, not even teaching related, just podcasts in general are these people with these like huge platforms and it can get kind of discouraging, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. to think like, Oh, I'm never going to get there, you know? So having somebody that's a little bit more like on my level is, it's just encouraging and fun, fun to watch. So I totally know where you're coming from. It's, <laughs> it's, it's so important to be able to yeah. see someone yeah. doing it and be like, okay, yeah, I can start there. Like I know in the beginning when we were first starting out, we were so, it was so daunting to, oh, we, we, in the beginning, we always felt like we should be 10 steps ahead of where we are now. And then now mm -hmm. we're getting a lot better at understanding that you just have to start and then you can always improve. And this, it's the same in the classroom, you know, you, you do the lesson the first time or you create something for the first time and it's never perfect the first time because you have to gain experience doing the thing to be able to know how to improve it. So yeah, with, you know, our podcast and with our, our program, we're always improving and, but you have to start somewhere. <laughs> right. I kind of want to start on this idea of, so you talked a little bit about how you're like creating all this stuff for teachers to use in the classroom for their kids. But before we go there, I kind of want to start with the idea of teacher life balance. Um, and what are some practical ways that you recommend for teachers to, cause I was listening, uh, to one of y'all's episodes and you were talking about how y'all practice mindfulness as a teacher in the classroom and how that translates then to your kids. So what are some practical steps that a teacher listening could use in their daily life in the classroom or outside of the classroom to help get that mindfulness um, awareness or I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but be able to practice mindfulness. 
So we believe strongly that in order to be a great teacher, you really have to care for yourself first. I think teachers tend to be the type of people that give to others so much and always put other people first. And that often kind of brings us to the brink of burnout or that feeling of never having enough time, never having enough energy like we'd like. So what Josiane and I did in our lives was we kind of flipped the script instead of making our personal self-care, something that's the last on our to-do list, as in, okay, I'll get all my things done that I have to get done and then I'll care for myself. You know, when you do that, you often never get to your own self-care. So we practice self-care first. It's always the first thing on our list. And then as we started doing that, we noticed, wow, when I care for myself so that I'm in my best state, I am a way better version of myself and I am able to accomplish so much more because I'm feeling good. So one thing that we recommend to teachers is to make a list of things that bring you joy, things that are just fun and make you feel good. It doesn't have to be a mindfulness practice, although it can be. And there are so many awesome apps out there that allow you to practice guided mindfulness for free. So I would recommend one app that's great is called um, Insight Timer. So that one's free. There's tons to choose from if that's where you want to go. Or why not, you know, if you like dancing or listening to great music or being creative in some way or reading, whatever's on your list of things that you love to do, choose at least one thing from that list and do that first. Do that first thing in the morning and make it part of your morning routine. And then you'll just notice over time, like, wow, when I take the time to read in the morning, I feel more calm. And all of a sudden when I'm in my classroom, I'm able to um, respond to difficult situations rather than just react to them because I'm feeling better. So that would be, we would say step one, like just do something that brings you joy for you. And when you fill your cup first, start to just become aware of how that affects your day and how that makes you so much better. And then as time goes on and you've really played with this, your brain is going to start recognizing, hey, it's so worth giving myself time for me because I'm I'm a better version of myself afterwards. So you'll want to keep doing it and then it'll become a habit. Yeah, we always talk about how prioritizing ourselves is self list not selfish because then we can be the best teachers and kind of people to we can be the best person best version of ourselves to the people around us yes so. I completely agree with that and unfortunately it, I think it takes teachers a little while to learn that I think like for me I learned that the hard way unfortunately you know and so yeah we did too. yeah so teachers, you know, a little bit behind us, listen, we know what we're talking about because we learned the hard way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, we, we started this and we started advocating for teachers to care for themselves and, um, you know, find balance because it's so hard to find balance as a teacher. There's so much on your plate. And so in order to find that balance, you have to make yourself the first priority. Um, and yeah, it's hopefully, um, if you as a teacher, as a listener here on this podcast, if you are, have never experienced burnout or never experienced that overwhelm, um, then you can avoid it by <laughs> making it a habit to, to do things that bring you joy first. 
Major friends, I'd like to take a minute really quick to tell you about my ebook, The Simply Organized Classroom. When I first started The Simply Organized Teacher, I wanted a way to put all of my most valuable thoughts and ideas out there to support teachers. So I wrote this ebook. If you're a new teacher, student teaching, or getting ready to start the new school year, then this is a great investment you can make to help you know where to get started before the new year or something that you can use right smack dab in the middle of the year to help you with your organization and management in the classroom. There's seven different chapters all related to classroom organization and classroom management. Of course, I talk about things that can benefit teachers of all experience levels. A few of the topics that I cover are setting up a classroom and how we typically go about setting up and getting ready for a new year backwards. I share my ideas on classroom management plans, how many you should have, and what you can do when you have kids that don't do well with your whole group or your individual plans. I write about school dynamics and working with other teachers. And then, of course, there's a whole chapter devoted to first-year teachers. And I talk about how to organize and manage your materials, your student materials, all sorts of stuff. If any of these topics sound like an area you could improve on, want to learn more, or just get some new ideas, then head over to my website to learn more and purchase your copy. You can also use the short link, which is bit.ly slash TSOT ebook to go straight to it. That one might be a little bit easier to remember. Also, just a little tidbit, if you sign up for my email list, you'll get the opportunity to purchase the ebook for a reduced rate. It's on my website for $12, but as a new email subscriber, you can get it for eight. So if you want to sign up for my email list to get the lower price, then you can head to bit.ly slash TSOT email. And as a podcast listener, you can use the code simply teach to get 10% off any purchases that you make in the shop. Will one of y'all define mindfulness just in case somebody isn't sure exactly what that is? So mindfulness is very simple. It's just paying attention on purpose. So that just means choosing to notice what's actually going on right now. Now you can do that in lots of different ways. So there are tons and tons of different ways to practice mindfulness. So if you're practicing a formal mindfulness practice, Basically, what you're doing is you're training your brain to be able to focus on one thing at a time. So what a mindfulness practice could look like is sitting down in a quiet space and then just closing your eyes and practicing paying attention to your breathing. Now, you'll notice that that's kind of boring. So your brain's going to go off and think of lots of different things really fast. You might be sitting there thinking of your breathing for like a millisecond, and then all of a sudden you're thinking of your to-do list and what you're going to eat for lunch and, you know, all the things that are in your mind. And that's okay. So as we practice mindfulness, we just notice, oh, my mind has wandered. Okay, let's go back to the breath. Paying attention to breathing, paying attention to breathing. Oh, my mind has wandered. Okay, back to my breathing. So as we do that over time, we get better at noticing when we're lost in thought and letting our crazy monkey mind take over and bringing ourselves back to what's truly happening now. So how that translates into our real life is, you know, when you have that overthinking mind, like something happens and you're thinking of, oh, I should have said this, or I should have done that. Um, Every day of my life. <laughs> exactly. So when we practice mindfulness, you're training your brain to catch yourself when you're getting lost in those judging self-talk moments and go, oh, wait, that's not true. What's true is what's 
really happening right now. So what's happening right now is anything that you can feel and, and sense with your five senses. So that's another way to practice bringing yourself back. Like, how am I feeling? What am I smelling? What am I tasting? So you can practice mindfulness doing anything. It's just simply noticing when your mind has wandered and bringing it back to right now. And yeah, as you get better at doing that, you start to notice when your brain is inventing these crazy stories that are making you feel bad and being like, oh, that's just my brain going crazy. Okay, brain, let's come back to right now, which is actually great. And in this present moment, I'm okay. And, and all is well. You sound just like my counselor. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to add to that, just saying that Often just the the sitting down piece for the formal mindfulness practice can be a little intimidating at first. And I just know that one thing that I love to do, Kaylee, you talked about um, uh, using your five senses and something as simple as going for a walk and just noticing, picking one of my five senses and noticing So for example, behind my house, there's like a little forest. I like to walk back there and just notice what am I smelling right now? And whenever my brain starts to think of other things, I just bring it back to the smells of the forest whenever I start to notice. So it doesn't have to be this sitting down thing. Right. And something I did, so I um, started going back to my counselor this past summer because I had, we had some life things happen that really caused a lot of anxiety for me. And one of the things that um, she taught me, and so I'm hoping that maybe a teacher listening will hear this and remember it, she calls it five, four, three, two, one. But basically anytime I'm like having a, a panic attack or anxiety coming on, but even, but this is still mindfulness, that idea of like grounding your thoughts. Um, I think of like I, I do, it's the senses, five things I see, four things I, mm-hmm. um, I can't remember what it is, like maybe four things I hear. That's usually what I do. Three things I feel, two things I smell, and then one positive, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Positive, like compliment to myself or something. And I love that. Yeah. And it's been really good to just like, when my mind is doing that thing going off in those crazy Um, for me, it's been anxiety, like sitting on the bus and thinking, oh my gosh, you know, this bus is going to crash and I'm going to die. You know, that is good for me. But I'm thinking as a teacher, when that kid is driving you absolutely up the wall and you want to yell and scream, you walk away and five, four, three, two, one, calm yourself down. And that, you know what, that would be a great thing to teach a kid also for that kid. That's always exploding or, you know, has anger issues or whatever, like a good calm down strategy. Yeah. What's, what's interesting with a mindfulness practice and when you have this practice and it's consistent in your life, you start to notice yourself have this toolbox of strategies so that when like a student say is having a meltdown or something, you have this, this, you're able to just take a step back, take a breath and then decide what to do. I've just noticed in myself I, as a teacher, I'm much less reactive than I used to be. I feel so much calmer all the time. And it's, it's because of this daily mindfulness practice that I can use in my day to day when things get tougher. Yeah. And when you're, 
when you're doing that mindfulness practice, you're starting to just be really well acquainted with your own mind and noticing what triggers you and what are the habitual thoughts that you have and what thought loops do you get stuck in? And when you're thinking of those things, how is it making your body feel? You just start to recognize and get to know yourself better and then separate yourself from the situation a little bit. It's almost like you gain this ability to take a step back and watch what's happening rather than being stuck in what's happening. It's like you're watching the movie of your life rather than being a character in the movie that doesn't have a choice of what to do. Um, so it's a great thing to learn as a teacher, as a child to learn that, you know, you don't have to react to something right away. You can take a breath so and if, decide how to act. Te- like if we're practicing that as ourselves, as a teacher, I'm guessing that would make it easier to then teach that to our kids. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Absolutely. Just like, you know, if you're teaching a math class, you, you'd have to learn the lesson before you can teach it to your students. And the same is true with anything that you're teaching, um, whether it's academic or social emotional. So, and we're always leading by example, you know, it's more about what we do than what we say. So when we can demonstrate to our students that like they they know when we're feeling frustrated, Mm -hmm. they can tell they are so intuitive. So they can tell when we're feeling frustrated. And when they see, oh, my teacher's feeling frustrated. And now look at that. She's taking five deep breaths. Okay. That's a strategy I can use. They're probably not saying those words in their head, but that is what they're mirror neurons, their, their brain is learning how adults react in difficult situations by watching you. Also, when we take five breaths, the students do it naturally as well. (laughs) They just start to breathe. Is that something you taught them or is that something they've just gotten from watching y'all? They just pick up on it. Um, and you'll, you could do that with adults too. That's one thing that we learned as yoga teachers. If you Mm. take a deep breath, everyone in the room takes a deep breath with you. Like if I right now go, (sighs) (laughs) I can bet you that the listener (laughs) just breathed with me. Uh It's, it's just so innate in us to, to do that. And you'll see with your students, if you practice this, if you just start taking really obvious deep breaths, they're just joining with you. Have you taught your kids? I mean, I guess you have because you have this whole course that you're providing for teachers how to teach mindfulness. So what are some ways that you teach the mindfulness other than just the modeling of it to your kids? Or ways that you implement it, I guess, in your day to day? So we teach mindfulness very much as a part of our daily routine. So in my classroom, and it's it's very important that every teacher chooses a time that works for them and their students and their schedule. But we really advocate for making this a part of your daily schedule, just like anything else that you have in your day in the classroom. So for with my students, we, you know, have our morning announcements, and then it's um, the national anthem. And then we sit and we do our mindfulness practice. And we do that using our Educom classroom program. So in the program, there are 
are five minute guided mindfulness practices and you just have to press play. So we sit down in our spots, I press play and I listen and I do the practice with them. Um, every once in a while, maybe on Fridays, I'll guide them myself because I have that skill and able to do that. But on most days, we're just listening to the Educom classroom recording. And then afterwards, we um, might have a discussion or we might do one of the Educom classroom um, worksheets that goes with it so that they can reflect in writing or in pictures or whatever that activity is that goes with the guided mindfulness practice. They can reflect on what they noticed that day. Um, so it's just uh, part of five to maybe 10 minute part of our day that is all about feeling good first. We get our brain calm and ready to learn before we start our school day. And then that, so that's our formal practice. But then now that they're learning the breathing strategies, they're learning what mindfulness is for them. Throughout the day, when I do encounter difficult moments with my classroom and things are kind of getting out of control and we need to get back to calm, then I can say, hey guys, let's do five finger breathing right now. I'm noticing that it's really hard for us to focus right now. Let's get our brain back to being ready to learn. So then we'll all do five finger breathing together. The most amazing thing is when the students start to do these things on their own, like that that's just beautiful Yeah, because then it, then they're internalizing it and it's becoming a natural response for them yes and also it helps immensely with classroom management because we don't need to manage their behavior so much because they're learning to manage their own emotions and whatever's coming their way so this is something really easy for a teacher to implement if they like have no knowledge of this because y'all are basically doing it for them guiding like right is that kind of what I understood it's plug in it's plug and play just ready to use <laughs> all done for you no no prep required we we know yeah, teachers we, don't have time for that because we are teachers <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to make something that was ready to use right away that the teachers could purchase it and start tomorrow that they didn't need to get training to do it. Um, because what we were seeing was as teachers in our classrooms before we created Educom Classroom, um, we were teaching this by our own selves in our classroom. We were guiding the lessons and our colleagues were often asking like, man, why, what's going on? Like your class is so calm and things are going so well, like teach me what you're doing. So we would explain to them, oh, we're doing this guided mindfulness practice. And they never implemented it because they would never, they never felt comfortable guiding the mindfulness practice themselves because they weren't experts in it. So we wanted to create something that teachers didn't have to be experts. They can just start right away and we do all the work for them. The last thing teachers need is one more thing on their plate. So we're taking things off their plate by having complete, completely created this. So there's actually a lesson for every single day for the whole school year in our program. So yeah, you buy it and you're good to go for the whole year. <laughs> and I'm assuming that it like can translate all the way from a kindergarten class up to a 12th grade senior in high school. It can span the whole difference. Yes, absolutely. Um, that's another thing. We wanted our teachers that are that are doing this program with their students to be able to learn with their students. So we created it using language that's simple enough for kindergartners to understand, but not babyish so that the adults in the room and or the grade 12 students can connect with it as well without feeling like, oh, this is for little kids. So it's simple, but not babyish. <laughs> 
And I like that you said you'll do it at the beginning of the day. So it's just because I think for me, when I think about trying, like I always try to do after we came in from recess, like a quick, just deep breathing thing. I mean, it wasn't much, but it was my attempt. But I feel like when you do something at the towards the end of the day or the middle of the day, it's much easier to push off. Whereas if you start your day with this, it's kind of like everybody's starting on the right foot, whatever they come into the morning with, into the school day with from home, it kind of gives them that chance to let it go, I guess. Yeah. And that's what our students tell us too. This, you know, getting feedback, we have the cutest testimonials from students that are using this in lots of different classrooms, not just our own students, but, and a big thing that they say is they like how it helps them to feel calm so that they're ready to learn. That, you know, our, our students, even though they're young, they're coming in to our classrooms in the morning. Who knows what their morning was like? For most of them, it was stressful and it was rushed. And some of them, you know, didn't really get the chance to, they just threw on their clothes and they ran out the door. So when they get to come to school and know that the first thing they get to do in the morning is to be calm is to just have five minutes to themselves where they can settle and feel good and be calm before the day starts. They love that. And they recognize that it helps them to learn. They recognize it very quickly, how important it is for them and how much it's helping them in their academic life, but also in their interactions with their friends. At first, especially the grade sixes, I noticed this year at the start of the year, they weren't sure they weren't quite participating. And now they're like extremely upset if we don't get to have this five minute practice just because, you know, something going on in the school or something, because, yeah, they completely recognize that they need this five minutes to be to be the best version of themselves as students. Yeah. And I remember I went to um, are you all familiar with Kagan Cooperative Learning at all? Okay. Um, it's a, Dr. Kagan is a researcher and he travels around the world and presents on cooperative learning, his strategies and structures. He's done a lot, a lot, a lot of research. And recently he's done a lot of research on the brain and, um, what is it? That's the big thing right now. Brain friendly learning. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to one of his conferences on brain friendly learning and, um, I don't remember the exact research that he pointed to, but he talked about, that's why I started doing even just the deep breathing at the end of, um, at the end of recess, because he talked about research where kids were doing meditation. That's what it was. Meditation, for, starting out just a couple minutes a day, working up to 15 minutes and how it improved the kids' grades. It improved um, behavior and just all, you know, it just kind of like spanned this whole array of things that it was improving for the kids just by taking those few minutes to have mindfulness time. Yeah. We always say to teachers that are kind of on the fence going, I don't know if I have five minutes to dedicate mm -hmm. to a mindfulness practice. And we always say, you are going to get that time back. We promise you the time that it reduces in dealing with, you know, classroom management problems or transitions or all those little moments of time that you lose throughout the day, just from behaviors and things like that. You're really starting to take that time back because you're teaching your students how to self-regulate. So you you don't always have to interject. Um, they're learning how to deal with their own emotions. They're learning how to notice what works for them. They're learning to get to know themselves better. Um, so yeah, you really gain that time back. And it's literally teaching our students 
how to focus. When they're practicing a mindfulness practice, they're paying attention, practicing paying attention to one thing at a time. And that's what they need to be able to do in order to learn. And um, I'm sure many teachers would agree that in today's day and age with, you know, so many gadgets and, and devices, our students now really have to practice focusing on things. Like they, they have a harder time sticking to one thing and, and really staying engaged for long periods of time. So this mindfulness practice teaches their brain to do that. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like teaching them to write before getting them to write a paper, teaching their brain to focus before trying to get them to focus on the lesson that you're going to teach. Yeah, that's a good point. And I really like how you say that focus, teaching the brain how to focus before you expect them to focus. So as we wrap up real quick, will you um, tell us the services that y'all are offering and your podcast and where we can find all that and find y'all? Yeah. So we have a podcast called the balanced educator podcast. You can find it on iTunes, um, and Google play and all the places that you listen to podcasts. Um, we also have some free resources that your audience, we totally invite you guys to check out, um, some guided mindfulness practices and resources for yourself and also for in the classroom to start learning, you know, how to bring mindfulness into your own life and into your classroom. So you can find that by going to www.educalm.com forward slash the balanced educator. So educalm is spelled E-D-U-C-A-L-M-E forward slash the balanced educator. So those are two things that we can um, help your audience out with right away. And then if you're ready to bring this into your classroom and have a program that gives you one lesson for every day for the whole school year, it's good to go, ready to go. Um, it's called Educom Classroom. So you can find that by going to www.educom.com forward slash classroom. And we're also and on link all the, to all of that in the show notes. Awesome. As well. Yeah. Oh, sorry. And I was going to say, we're also on all social media as Educalm, E-D-U-C-A-L-M-E. And we're most active on Instagram. Yeah. I think that's where most teachers hang out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that and Pinterest. We're also on Pinterest. So you can check out our mindfulness oh, boards. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank y'all so much, ladies. I really appreciate y'all's time and uh, all the ideas you shared. And like I said, I'll link to everything in the show notes so that way people can come find y'all and get their hands on your resources and start doing this in their classrooms. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Thank you. This was a great conversation. Talking with these girls was so much fun. I appreciate that there are teachers in the classroom supporting teachers in the classroom. They know how hard it is to find time for all the things that we're supposed to do and find time to do those extra things that we know are important. But they're in the classroom, they're doing it, and they're empowering teachers to find that time, and they're giving you the resources to do so. We know that we can trust teachers who are in the thick of it because they know just how hard it is. I'm curious though, what mindfulness practices are you doing in your classroom with your kids or what kind do you want to implement? Come find me on Instagram at the Simply Organized Teacher and let me know. 
As always, the links and all the information from today's podcast will be on my website, The Simply Organized Teacher, ready to go for you. You can get access to those programs that they talked about, check out their website, their podcast, all that good stuff. And hey, thank you to the New Balanced Educator podcast listeners that are here. I'm so glad that you found your way over to the Simply Teach podcast, and I hope that you will be back next week. On my website, I share about how you can become an email subscriber, get free resources, and tons of blogs on organization and management routines. If you have a minute, though, will you run over to iTunes and rate and review the podcast? I would really appreciate it so that other teachers could find the show, listen to it, and be encouraged. All right, you guys, I will see you back here next week with another mini-sode. I'll talk to you then. Friends, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Simply Teach. Don't forget to head over to the simplyorganizedteacher.com for all the show notes, links to things we talked about, and you can sign up for my email list there. Also, be sure to find the Facebook group because I want to be your social media friend. The fun music you're listening to, that's provided by hooksounds.com. 